0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adult Time. Created by award-winning filmmaker and previous podcast guest, Brie Mills, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. Adult Time is a platform where mature audiences can access a huge variety of premium adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 180 channels, 60,000 episodes, and at least five new releases every day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls' Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, Vivid Entertainment, and so much more. They also have exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Get one week absolutely free by creating an account at adulttime.com and using the promo code HOLLY. That's A-D-U-L-T-T-I-M-E.com and use the code HOLLY. Today I have a full house. This episode is so packed with incredible talent that even I can't believe they managed to all coordinate their schedules to come onto my show. If you've listened to previous episodes, you may recognize them as they have all been on before, director Brie Mills and award-winning performers Seth Gamble and Angela White. So if you've been following Brie's career at all, you know that her company Gamma has been really driving home the idea that they can revolutionize adult entertainment. Their new streaming platform, Adult Time, an official sponsor of this show, by the way, is showcasing all kinds of new original content that is mostly masterminded by Brie herself. So today she's here to talk about her newest erotic film, Perception. This is a movie so different than other porn that I almost hesitate to call it that. Actually, fuck that. Part of my mission is to destigmatize the industry I work in. So let me embrace the word porn and tell you that this is a pornographic movie that is also a psychological thriller showcasing some of the most incredible performances by my other two guests, Seth and Angela. The writing is brilliant and the concept is incredibly unique, but I don't want to tell you anymore because trust me, you don't want me to spoil the plotline for you. So without revealing too much about perspective, Bree, Angela, and Seth are going to talk about their process behind this film, what the project meant to them, and of course, give us some funny and surprising behind the scenes stories that should give you guys an idea of some of the crazy shit we have to go through to try and get a high-end porn movie made. This episode is a fascinating and keen insight into adult production, which I think you will find surprising and definitely entertaining. So, let's welcome Bree Mills, Angela White, and Seth Gamble back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey everybody, I am so excited. I have a super, super special episode today and I have quite a full table of some really significant members of the adult industry and we're here to talk about a revolutionary new movie that um, was just directed for adult time. So I've got Brie Mills, the director, and I've got uh, Seth Gamble and Angela White here. And thank you all so much for coming on. I'm so excited about this. So I just watched the movie – like, I watched it in bits and pieces from yesterday because I got it yesterday. And so I watched, like, parts of it, like, while I was, like, in the bathroom and, like, while I was, like, doing this or doing that. And so I just literally finished it, like, right before this podcast. Um, So I'll just give a, like, brief – you know, uh, summarization of what the movie's about, and then, Brie, you can probably fill in all the blanks. So it's, the, so it's called Perspective, and that makes a lot of sense when you watch the movie because it's um, looking at a relationship from – The wife's point of view, who's Angela White, and the husband's point of view, which is Seth Gamble. And from Seth Gamble's point of view, Angela is this cheating, manipulative, emotionally unavailable wife. And then from Seth's point of view, sorry, from Angela's point of view, Seth is a controlling, manipulative, basically abusive husband. And the way that their stories unfold. Um, is really, really interesting because it's following the same narrative, like the same chain of events kind of happen, but, um, you know, they both obviously see it from entirely different perspectives. And so, uh, I have to say, like, as a standalone film, this could definitely just be like a mainstream movie, um. But uh, it's a porn movie, so there's sex stuff in there. So I guess, um, Bree, why don't you start? You want to tell us about like how you came up with this idea and then how you kind of shaped this movie into being?
2: Sure. Uh, well, it's actually a project I've been thinking about since last September. Uh, I tend to be the type where once I've closed the chapter on one project, then I kind of am ready mentally and creatively to start on the next. So I think we had just wrapped uh, Anne. Uh, and I was sort of uh, starting to let my mind percolate about what was going to be next. And I knew I wanted to tell a story about, a, uh, about relationship dynamics. I wanted to tell a story about uh, infidelity. And I knew, um, having worked with Angela on The Weight of Infidelity as a project, was something that was a very, uh, I would say, a a real highlight for me in 2018. And I left that project very hungry to work with her on something uh, even uh, more extensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Angela is like a tour de force. You know, she's sort of conquered the world in every way, shape and form. And I know that, uh, or certainly, you know, my my intention was I want to write her something really, really good Mm -hmm. so that, you know, uh, with everything else she's bringing to the table this year and beyond that, um, you know, we can show the world how much talent she has as an actress. And so I wanted, I knew that within like the sort of theme I wanted and the story I wanted, I knew I wanted Angela as the lead. And then likewise, you know, Seth and I have worked really closely together over the last couple of years. We've done a lot of episodic work. And I knew that he was the, the male actor that I wanted to cast as the lead in my next project in general. So I kind of went into September knowing, okay, here's the theme. Here's the two people that I want to write a story about. And you know, my intention was I want to make, if I can do anything, I, I want to make a really good film. mm mm-hmm if that can be the most shocking thing about this project, (laughs) as I tend to, I guess I tend to have that reputation, I want the most shocking thing to be that it is a really good film. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, most of my projects originate from some personal place. Right. Uh, And certainly the two films I did this year, uh, Teenage Lesbian, which also comes out in September in perspective, are both very personal projects in different ways. But for me, I've been kind of fascinated By uh, an experience I had in my own life where, in fact, very much if you watch the opening of Perspective, the whole discovery of uh, uh, the affair that Jennifer is having on Daniel, I mean, essentially that is something that happened to me in real life Mm -hmm. and almost kind of shot for shot. And, you know, are we talking about from sorry, from the first part, from Angela's perspective or from Seth's perspective? From Seth's perspective. So, so, you know, in a way, uh, we call him good Daniel. Good Daniel's (laughs) experience um, (laughs) at the beginning of the film is largely based on on an experience that I had myself and Mm -hmm. and, uh, what. In that experience, what has sort of resonated with me in the years since is that kind of moment or the idea of what do you do when you discover a secret? What Mm -hmm. do you do when you discover that the person you love and the person who's supposed to be loving you back is keeping something from you? And sort of like what, what does somebody do in that moment? Because we all think, you know you know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But it's this sort of really quite complicated moment. And in my own experience, you know, when I discovered, uh, when I sort of stumbled upon a secret that was being kept from me, my reaction was paralysis, mm-hmm. you know, and paralysis and sort of going into getting lost in the investigation of trying to understand the, the depth of the destruction or like the, how, you know, how bad were things actually underneath my nose And, you know, not saying anything yet, you know, that kind of state of what do I do? I have this, I, in a way, have the power here. There's been the shift, but what do I do? And, and, you know, I wanted to tell that story because I think that's just a really interesting emotional dilemma that Mm -hmm. many people in one way, shape, or form have faced in their life and in their past relationship. And Mm -hmm. as I was sort of following Good Daniel's footsteps and writing the first half of the story... One of the other personal things that struck me again from my own life was, you know, at the time that I ultimately confronted my partner at the time, you know, it wasn't in quite as dramatic a fashion as it happens in perspective. Um, I can assure you all it's okay, but... uh You know, what I was sort of stunned by was it doesn't matter how just you think you are or, like, how right you think you are. Mm -hmm. There's always a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once I got to that point in the story uh, and started to play around with the idea that, you know, no matter how how true you think your side of it is, it's only one side. That's what led me to think, well, what if I literally made the concept of perception, like, a literal theme for the film? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, to go back to the beginning of the same story and tell it again, but even though it's the same place and many of the same people, a very, very different universe. Right. And, and uh, you know, when I kind of hit that idea, that's when I knew, okay, this is going to be an interesting one. And it, to me, opened the film up to a few really uh, important opportunities. It became a, a space where... All of the actors in the film would play two distinct characters. Mm -hmm. So not only does it become a creative vehicle uh, for Angela and Seth as actors, because, you know, that's my whole gig. I want to challenge my actors, and that's why I wanted them for this role. I wanted to challenge them like never before, but it became a vehicle for everybody in the film to be challenged. And then it also gave us a great opportunity to take our audience down a journey and then do the bait and switch. And to leave people thinking and affected. And, you know, I, we all went in for the first half of this film to make ev- make the audience feel such tremendous empathy for Daniel. And to, even at the point where he does bad things, to understand and relate to it so that by the time the confrontation happens and you go back and you realize, wait a minute, what, I've just spent the first half of the film relating and, you know, um, feeling a kinship with a mad person. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be really interesting, uh, to, uh, to, to do sort of as a sort of psychological thriller. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, my challenge for myself this year was like, let's make the most shocking thing be how good this film is. Let's invest all our energy, everything I've learned as a filmmaker into trying to make this a beautiful and really interesting film And that's why uh, we decided to primarily shoot the project as an independent R-rated film. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, the film that you screened is going to be uh, submitted to film festivals this year, is going to be submitted to mainstream uh, aggregators as well to try to get some mainstream distribution. And again, can we put out a piece of work and a piece of art that, you know, can transcend the stigmas that exist around the adult industry and the fact that, you know, if we can get people to watch this film and be blown away by it and then be, Oh, by the way, yes, those happen to also be adult performers, mm-hmm. you know, can, can that kind of help continue to move the needle for what, you know, uh, at least certain kind of creative types within our industry are tr- striving to do to, uh, to show the world how much talent we have.
1: Yeah. I, I, I have to say, and I know I brought up this film a lot of times, um, on this podcast was, you, I feel like you've definitely been doing that. You've definitely been um, straddling the line between like mainstream and adult, and changing the way that people are seeing porn movies. And you know, I've been in the industry for a long time, and this massive shift in the feature story and the narrative, and you know, bringing on like really incredible actors, and, and like this whole like oh my god, porn stars can act kind of thing. It's been it's been a really fascinating process for me to watch. Mm-hmm. And the weight of infidelity is a a uh, scene that I brought up a million times because it is the first time that I've watched a porn scene that moved me to tears. That has never happened before. And at the time, I remember even thinking to myself, I'm like, I- I'm crying over a porn movie. What is happening? Like, this is a d- very distinct moment. So, um, yeah, so I really I really applaud you on that. How did, uh, I guess Seth will start with you. How did you feel when you first were approached by Bree about the project?
0: Um, I was excited about it. I mean... I think we had talked about it probably the end of last year. was the first time we talked about it. And, um, yeah, I was just really excited. And, um, you know, she had also told me that I was going to do this with Angela. And I thought that was, like, a really dope opportunity. And we just both happened to win Best Actor and Performer of the Year last year, which yeah. was just kind of like – it. I don't think – and we were actually told – I was told about this before that happened. <sighs> right. So that, it, like, it's kind of cool that didn't really – wasn't the vehicle of it. Right. It just kind of was, like, already in Bree's mind.
1: Did you win Best Actor overall or Best Actor for a particular movie? I forget how it goes.
0: Well, I mean, I won Best Actor for AVN. For, for – uh, sorry. For I've s- never
1: won an AVN award, so I forget for, well, how this sp- works. I mean,
0: it doesn't really um, – <laughs> that wasn't the point I was no, trying no, to no, make. My, no, think. my
1: question was cause, <laughs> just because I know you did the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, so – Which was, like, kind of sim- – like, going back and forth between two different characters, and I was just thought it was interesting.
0: Yeah, so um, – <clears throat> I I think I mean I I won for Deadpool, mm-hmm. but I think that it kind of had to do with the fact that I played both those movies simultaneously mm-hmm. at the same right. time. Right. So I think that it was like, oh, he went here and he went there. Mm-hmm. I think that might have played a part. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, you know, the point I was just trying to make was it was cool that that kind of all transpired, so it kind yeah. of worked out that way. Yeah. But when I when I found out about it and we I got the script, it just um, it moved me. You know, because uh, I've witnessed a lot of. Abuse in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, I've witnessed, and I've witnessed, I don't think anybody really showcases what it actually looks like. Right. You know, and I'm not that kind of person, so it's really easy for me to like find what that looks like. Right. Because I feel like people who are actually, I don't think someone can play that role who's actually go there, Mm -hmm. who actually is that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they can't see it within themselves.
1: Right. It's very much acting.
0: Yeah. Do you so. Did
1: you find um, it a little bit discombobulating to play both roles? Because you guys shot Bad Daniel and Good Daniel. Like, you d- have days where you'd shoot both of them on the same day, right?
0: Uh, yes. Did you have,
1: like, a hard time being like, okay, now I'm good. Now I'm bad. Like, going back and forth between the two?
0: I wouldn't say I had a hard time going back and forth because I was just all messed up during that whole movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you come out of that movie, like, <laughs> questioning who you were? I, had,
0: I came out of that movie going <laughs> to set and having panic attacks before I started doing scenes.
1: Really? Yeah. Really, yeah, why do you think that is
0: i was i was I was using my how do I explain this so everybody you know it's very obvious it's very open that I'm a recovering alcoholic right so because i'm a, a, a recovering alcoholic my it my alcoholism lays in my thinking mm-hmm. so I went into alcoholic thinking
1: mm-hmm. for like two months right so I
0: was going down the rabbit hole of each character for months yeah so then when I came out of it I had to reshift the way I thought.
1: Right. So, w- were you like purposely allowing yourself yes. to have that kind of thing because yes. you knew that that would get you into the role? Yeah. How did your sponsor feel about that?
0: It, he thought it was just d- 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 really risky. <laughs> yeah, <that's-> <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but um, yeah, that didn't come up though, like the, the wanting to drink or anything like that. It did right, that right. didn't really come up. But it was, we was all just know, this like, suffering. Our addiction
1: just, like manifests itself in different ways. Yeah.
0: So I just put myself through a lot of suffering. Yeah. I was going through. I think. You know, recently, actually, I think it's been—I think a couple of weeks ago—is when I finally felt normal.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a journey. Yeah. Uh, Angela, what about you? <sighs> this was an
3: incredible journey, and I think we both went to some pretty dark places to to play some of those scenes. Um, but obviously, it was an incredible honor to be asked by Brie to bring this story to life, and. We worked together like a family. Like by the end of by the end of the movie, I felt like the, everybody that was involved, the entire crew, was dedicated. Everybody was very supportive of each other. Uh, it really felt like we came together to make something special. Um, but uh, filming, going back and forth between the two char- characters, was <laughs> definitely a challenge. And uh, it was tough because we were. It wasn't like we were able to film all good Jennifer at the start of the day and all bad Jennifer at yeah. the end of the day because we had different nighttime scenes with yeah, both yeah, characters. Yeah. So it was literally good, bad, good, bad, 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 good, bad. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little, great little. Jokes. Is that why you had so
1: <laughs> Angela? If you if you're not watching this on video, you can't see, but Angela's got this little binder here. And (laughs)
3: it's it's a big binder. It's not a little binder. little is a, I'm
1: definitely, (laughs) um, so and you color coded the good Jennifer and the bad Jennifer, right, this is how like, this is why we love girls like Angela, because we're so fucking organized.
3: There's no way that you couldn't be organized on this project to, to, to make it a success. So everything's color coordinated and uh, so Bad Jennifer, I, I don't like using the terms bad Jennifer and good Jennifer because mm. it's very reductive and both of the different versions of myself had more depth to that, but for ease of discussion, yeah. we have called them good right. Jennifer, bad Jennifer, right. good Daniel, bad Daniel. Right. Um, but even, like, the thoughts for my character in this diary, like, it's one side is is the blue which is good Jennifer and then the other side is is red so bad so what Jennifer.
1: exactly what does that notebook contain
3: This contains all of my character's thoughts so I went to an acting coach for this and and okay. she recommended that for each scene that I break it down and just write every single thought that my character has in that moment mm. and she just said you know you the only things that you're allowed to think when you're in this character, are your character's thoughts. So I'm no longer Angela White. I'm not thinking about whether I'm cold. I'm not thinking this or that. I'm thinking my character's thoughts. Oh, wow. So this is my, this is Jennifer Morris's diary. Oh,
1: wow. That's
2: really interesting. And it's funny because, you know, and I said I wanted to challenge these two. Right. Mm. Uh, They took me up on the challenge. Um, I've never seen two actors um, on any of my productions or any other, you know, productions I've been a part of. I've never seen the level of commitment the level of preparation. I mean, they both worked independently with acting coaches. They did, uh, you know, um, uh, combined sessions. We held discussions and, and, and rehearsals, um, the commitment level on set. I mean, if we look at some of the outtakes, uh, these two were right there for each other, every step of the way doing whatever the other person needed to get them to that place. Mm. And, you know, it, it it was a really um, it, it was an ex- exhaust exhausting two weeks. Uh, and eight
1: days, you
2: shoot. We shot eight days total over over two weeks. Okay, um, like often days and nights. Yeah, um, so long days, including one day that just never ever ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when Angela says we were like a family, like we were like we were sort of like all on this ship that was off in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> for two weeks of... of ma- it was, like, madness, you know? Um, but, like, also as as kind of anxious and high-intensity and, and high-emotion high as the environment had to be because of the story we're telling, the level of support and trust and unity um, in the production will make it something that I don't think any of us will ever forget, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, certainly... Uh, I will never forget what these two did for, for for this film. This film is Angela and Seth.
1: So when you talk about the one day that will never end, you guys all kind of looked at each other and laughed. Can you tell us a little bit about why, what happened that day?
2: But sure. You can't
3: talk about that day without talking about the two days before. Yes, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, I, it was I, like three days that never ended. And I try to pride myself on organization, and, you know, this film... Uh, had a lot of pieces and we brought in a lot of uh color theory into the cinematography and we i
1: noticed that i noticed in the kitchen scenes um you know daniel's perspective angela's perspective dan sorry daniel jennifer sorry you know what i mean um (laughs) that the lights in the kitchen specifically were very different oh yeah i mean
2: you know we could do like a full like frame by frame analysis of all of the of the, the sort of thought and theory behind mm-hmm. each of the, the composition and the color theory and the wardrobe and the way Seth's hair was like all the details. Um, but uh, you know, we had uh, chosen a location for the Morris house, Jennifer and Daniel Morris's house. That was sort of the, the, you know, primary location for the film. Cause a lot mm-hmm. of pieces take place there. And I did not want to shoot it in a conventional location that's used for a lot of adult stuff. I wanted to make it look fresh and different. I found a new location, and everything seemed great on paper, and they were great on the first day. We we went through. We were shooting stuff, and uh, then we had a visit by the police at about eight p.m. Not for the reason that you would think normally on mm-hmm. an adult set, but because they had been alerted that there were like you know there was like underage drinking or partying happening. Was it probably well, it had to nothing sound, to do with us? No, oh, it us. wasn't
1: even your house. Well, it, it had nothing it to do with it. Crying. Well, the fact that like there's people
2: talking late at night. Well, this people... was pretty secluded, this was a somewhat secluded oh, estate. Weird. No. So the cops show up, it's about eight o'clock. The cops show up, um, did a walk through the house because they were checking for underage drinkers. Uh, obviously, there were no. Minors whatsoever involved in any aspect of the production, uh, but uh, as soon as that visit happened, we th- were like, "Okay, we're done for today." Mm-hmm. Um, and the homeowner was very apologetic, explained that it was a mistake. It was a some. It was a call down the street, and the cops had come to the wrong address. Everything will be fine tomorrow. So we show up in the next day, and we shoot, and things seem fine. They're going well, and then at about ten o'clock at night, like what, like a <laughs> hundred. 100- <laughs> teenagers start showing up on the property Wait, to have a rave. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I'm not kidding. Like we're, we're, yeah. you know, we, we're shooting dialogue. We're there. Thankfully. I think Abigail had just shown up. She's, you know, has a, uh, uh, is the supporting actress in the film. And we were just starting to work through her scene. And, uh, and then we just noticed lights outside because they were glow sticks, you know, because they were having like a rave. And we kind of realized we go out there and, and um, uh, you know, the big burly guys on the crew kind of go out there to see what's going on. And, and the homeowner casually informed us or like the homeowner's cousin or like some there was a it was sort of run by a pack of cousins or brothers or something. Oh, so like God. one of the one of the relatives announced, oh, yeah, you know, we're we're throwing a party. And we're like, uh, no, we're like, we're shooting a film. Um, But obviously, you know, as soon as the party started, uh, it was time to go. So we packed up our stuff for the second night and, and drove through the swarms of clearly underage drinkers uh, that, you know, I, I suspect he may have had uh, coming to his, lo- his location on a regular basis. And I don't suspect I think it was the first time he had ever rented uh, his location for we had got it off of mainstream production website. Yeah. But I don't think uh, he had really done that before. And I think he was doing a lot of double bookings or who knows. Did, or maybe because I find that
1: this happens sometimes with location owners, they think, "Oh, you're shooting an adult film, so like <clears throat> there's no quality control, <clears throat> or like you don't care what happens." Yeah, because well, we it's had a big like orgy party, right? Yeah. Well, and we, we had guys do not yeah. take your job seriously. <clears throat> so we we had, have rape yeah, we had
2: <laughs> gone in and like they knew we were shooting a mainstream film, mm-hmm. but I mean, again, I don't think they really understood anything. So on the third day, we were left with, "Oh my gosh, we have to shoot. We've already committed so much to this location." We can't, like, fake that, you know, we can't remove move this anywhere else. We have to finish. We don't know what else is going to happen because at this point, every day was bringing a new surprise. And we had lost hours on the first two days of, of shooting. And so we, we um, all rallied and shot uh, the longest uh, day and night in history. We all left <laughs> when the sun was coming up. Um, and the scenes that you see at the beginning of the, uh, of the film, in the confrontation in the kitchen, uh, in the beginning of the film, then obviously the other side of it that happens halfway through where um, uh, Daniel gets particularly aggressive, um, we shot that at about 5.30 in the morning, like with everybody – <clears throat> on their last nerve, like yeah. just not, not in a frustrated way, but just in like a, just exhausted, frazzled kind of way. Yeah. And now when I look at that, I think that I'm so, I, I actually find one of the most um, unsettling moments in the film is in that, that the first uh, time we meet the other side of Daniel and when he uh, confronts Jennifer in the kitchen. And I know that we were so on running on fumes at that moment that it actually, like the, it, it translated into such an anxious m- moment in the film, right. which I think adds so much to the story. But the real life was that was five thirty in the morning, and like literally, <laughs> Seth was just getting the last screams out that he could before like collapsing. You know, <laughs> before we all like, and you know. Angela is just being like battered, like verbally, as, you know, like we, and we're all just filming it like this. So it was, it, you know, it was, uh, and, and we got the hell out of there and we'll never go back, you know, but it, uh, it was, uh, I think a testament to, uh, that's not the type of set that I like to run. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, we were all kind of like, we have to get through this, uh, and, uh, you know, next time <laughs> maybe go back to those houses. We yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a reason why but we it, shoot at those houses all the yeah, time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we did. We made it through. But that was probably, I would say, like, that was like the height of anxiety. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's funny. I find that um, usually the biggest problems that I encounter with productions is, is locations, mm. is location issues. Uh, uh, owners, police, um, you know, next door they're building a house and nobody told you. Um, You know, stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I I can totally relate. And it must have been difficult, too, because it's like you have so much to shoot, right? You want to get out of there. You know, everyone's exhausted. But you're dealing with a very, like, emotionally charged film. You can't, like, really rush Angela and Seth, like, through these moments. And I noticed that you were very careful about a lot of the camera shots, a lot of close-up shots, a lot of, like, foreground framing stuff. So... Um, I mean, were there times that you were tempted to be like, oh, fuck it. Just like film it this way. Cause I feel like I totally do that. I'm like, <laughs> I did. I just finished wrapped a wicked movie a couple days ago. And I mean, we only went 15 hours, which I know like really isn't that bad in the usual adult space, but I'm a baby. So by the end I was getting like really irritated and I was like, just fucking shoot this. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you find that you have a difficult time with that? or Are you so committed to the final product that like
2: you just are able to
1: power through?
2: Um, the, the more, the further along this journey I go, the more that, that more projects I shoot and the more we learn, the higher and higher and higher my ambitions get. Mm. Um, which is actually something that I have to keep in check. Uh, you know, um, for me, it, I would go till my face fell off, you Mm. know, like to get, the, to create the piece of art that, that I'm looking for. And it doesn't have anything to do with commercial success or it's really driven by just trying to make, trying to get what's in my head out and to make these films. Uh, and, um, I can't expect everybody to be on that exact same page. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not fair to assume that everybody is. So that's, I think where, you know, as a, uh, as a director and and even just you know as a showrunner, I have to I have to accept that. But at the same time, it's 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 hard to accept that when you know what you're capable and what your your folks are capable of. So it's you know what what I was saying or one of my big takeaways from this film was we all we all put ourselves, you know, raked ourselves over the coals to make this. And if you know the extra effort that we put into making a good film and releasing it as an R rated film and all of that, if that can pan out well. Then that's going to give the leverage I need to go and negotiate, you know, a, a, a production that can be shot not in eight days but in twenty days, uh, right. you know, or to get a little more budget to invest in the areas of um, production that are going to help elevate what we're doing. That that to me is like, you know, it was it, this kind of pushed. I think everybody to the edge, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't go any further uh, than we went here. But I hope that it will result in uh, allowing us to be, you know, to to be treated and to treat our productions more with the same uh, attention to detail and time and investment as we our mainstream counterparts get to do. Yeah, what I a know. joy to be able to shoot one to two sequences in a day and make them amazing.
1: I know, right? It's yeah. it's like you know, usually mainstream productions spend all day shooting what like five minutes, three minutes,
2: yeah, something like something that. like that. Can you imagine? Yeah. It seems like an unattainable world. Well, one day, you know, we just got to keep getting the word out about perspective. (laughs) People watch the film, like the film, and then we can keep making more films. Yeah,
1: yeah, Mm yeah. And also, too, like, I understand, you know, there's nothing worse than kind of rushing a a piece because you're so tired and then looking at it later and seeing, like, where you could have put that extra effort in where you didn't and then just, like, kicking yourself because now it's obviously too late.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I think I don't think Seth or Angela would have allowed that, you know, even if we were all crumbling. They were so strong throughout this. They were they were, you know, when I was like, market, I like that take. They're like, let me see it. Can we do one more? Mm -hmm. You know, they were they were so committed and so involved. And, you know, this was something that I think the uh, energy and the desire to make this the film that it is was um, absolutely shared by the three of us. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, that, that really kind of helped, you know, us push forward in in a lot of moments where. Other actors may have been like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. Well, Seth
3: and I, even before we began shooting, we were already so invested in the project. Seth and I were meeting each other at each other's houses for uh, rehearsals. We were going to coaching together. So we were, even before the first day, we were so committed, dedicated, and invested in it that there was no way that we weren't going to put everything on the line for this movie. Yeah. So, and I, and I have to say that it was such an honor to work with Seth on this because every day he would make me proud. There were moments where I was almost in tears watching the playback and going, Okay, I can't ruin my makeup
0: because we have to do
3: another scene. But he was just you're just amazing. I
1: appreciate
0: that. You're fu- you're amazing. I wow, you're making me a moment. <laughs> um,
3: you're inspiring. This
0: super emotional movie. Uh it just was. It was just the whole experience was and it was like amazing to be able to like you know what I mean? I think it was like it was a very big responsibility yeah. to be put in a situation where they're like Okay, we want you two to play this role, and we're actually going to try to, you know, push this towards a mainstream audience. And
1: did that give you more motivation?
0: Yeah, I mean, it just like because you felt
1: like okay, this might reach a wider audience. Yeah, like, this is kind of an opportunity for me to really show yeah. how I can be so much more. Well, I
0: think in general, to show like that we're so much more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I love what I do. Like I, I, I like the fact that I get to act, and have sex while I do it. I think mainstream kinda loses out on that. <laughs> you know, that's just yeah. that's just my thing, you know. Um and I think that there's a lot of if you watch a lot of mainstream movies, like people want to see what's gonna happen next, but you just don't get to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that so I don't have like if that was ever an opportunity in my life to like do mainstream that'd be great. But like I'm cool with where I'm at. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I like I like our little family yeah. that we get to do this with and it's cool to be able to do this have this experience with Bree and Angela who like, you know, I respect so much and I just, I wasn't going to do anything less than try to kill myself for this role.
1: Right. Right. But I
0: don't do anything less than trying to kill myself <laughs> yeah, for anything. That's true. So that's kind of how like it is. And like, you know, it's, I just wanted to bring the best, my own energy to bring the most out of everybody else around me. Yeah. And that's, that really means more to me than what it, it what it entails for me. Right. I, I don't have any. I'm just glad that I was able to bring that both those characters to life, and uh, you know, it's just it's really interesting to watch the the second part. You know, the first part, it's like it's hard to feel bad for myself as the character of my, you know, playing Mm -hmm. it, but like watching me play the bad side of that character and treat Angela that way and like well Jennifer that way, it was Mm -hmm. just it's interesting to see, like, because maybe someone out there who does that that kind of stuff will be like, what am I like that?
1: Right, right. Because I know? mean, every like man, you know, you know, every abusive, every abusive boyfriend, husband, whatever, has like their reasons. Yeah, and I can think of an incident very recently. Yeah, you know, yeah. where people are like, oh, it didn't happen like that. This is actually what happened. Yeah, and, and to be fair, like if you weren't there, you actually don't know what happened.
0: No, you know and what I, I mean, th- there's
1: always two. And like I said, there's always two sides. To the story. Yeah.
0: And I think visualize, I think I think to show it in a visual way, mm-hmm. um, I think I think I think in some ways, yes, it's triggering. But I also think it's in a way like maybe it'll set someone back and be like, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that might be a perception, too, of like, you know, uh, do I ever get that? way
1: yeah because I, I think mean? one thing that a lot of people lack that is something that i know that you and i like personally work on a lot through our yeah. 12-step program is looking at things from other people's perspective yeah and not like always you know and seeing like what your part was in something yeah. and that is something that so many people do not do yeah and the world would be a much better place if people could you know get out of their own head and try to see because like one so i was married before and our our marriage fell apart and we went to therapy for a while. And one of the things that the therapist said to me that always stuck with me was, you know, we tend to expect other people to react to situations in the way that we would react, but you have to forget that everybody's different. Everybody has grown up with different life experiences. Everybody is, you know, chemically different in their brain, like different hormonal levels and stuff like that. So if somebody may do something that, you know, I, you know, I react this way, um, that doesn't mean that the other person is going to react the same way. And that doesn't mean like they don't care or it's just, it's, you know, all of our reactions are built upon so many little nuances and different things. And I, I just think it's like one of the the things that I think everybody would be a better person working on is looking at things from a different perspective.
0: I think also people, when you can say something and mm-hmm. someone hears something else yes, all the time, because yes. they just hear something else. It's like, right. and that's something like, you know, with this character, like, you know there's subtle differences with with Jennifer and with Daniel like yeah I pushed my hair but like bad Daniel was left-handed and like good Daniel was right-handed and like Daniel good bad Daniel kind of stuff Wait, stood did up. you
1: really do that? Yeah. Oh wow. I didn't and think And then good that. Daniel's
0: like standing up straight and like bad Dan- good no good Daniel's always like kind of has bad posture right? and bad it's like there's these little nuances that you add into these little characters so that was that your idea yeah and
1: then did you also do that did that also help
0: you differentiate between
1: which character you were playing Uh, like was there like a brain like left right brain thing that you
0: okay 100 percent. so it's like i just there's little nuances like that you know just someone who is like really into movies would be like that's something obviously i have the platform to talk about it right but that's something that i feel like is such a subtle difference because like there could have been you know you think of like a basic way of playing two different characters. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to wear glasses here. I'm not going to wear glasses here. I'm going to, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going yeah. to a blue shirt here and a red shirt here. I'm like, right. why change it that much? Right. You know what I mean? Because my energy as bad Daniel, you can tell that I'm a completely different guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. That, and then with Jennifer and bad and good Jennifer, you can tell she's a completely different person. Right. Because the demeanor is completely different. Mm-hmm. The thoughts
1: are different.
3: The thoughts
0: are the way we think, the way, and everything is based on our thoughts. Yeah. Before yeah. you say anything, you're thinking something.
1: Right. Right. You know.
0: So, and that's also like you know, credit to the, you know our, the acting coach that we got to work with together. It's like it just added a new layer for me. Right. Of like how to like, wow, okay, I can use this crazy brain to go through these things. Oh, oh, <laughs> now I just got sitting you <laughs> now. Yeah. It's just like you know, and it, it's it's really cool. I'm like. You know, Brie's just so – one of the most creative human beings and like, you know, just when you're working with her too, she gives you that energy like, I'm that way. Mm-hmm. Like she said, oh, like I would have worked another 10 hours and I don't care. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think about that. Right. And, and when, when Angela's in a project, it's like the passion's there. It's yeah. like we don't – like why are – anybody's like, oh, what are you doing? Like – like, you knew this is what we're doing.
1: Yeah, it matters like, so much to have people you know. in your crew and in your cast who see things the way that you see. Because there's nothing worse than having, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. People. When, when when are we wrapping? What time? Uh, Nobody was like that. No one was like What that. time can I call? I got to call my Uber. Um, what time are we done? I have something after this everybody on the crew
3: yeah the cast and crew was entirely dedicated to this project yes. there was nobody complaining about time everybody was supportive when seth and i would be like let's do one more take let's try it one more time let's try it let's try it from this angle everybody was supportive in in doing something again even though obviously that's going to take more time it's going to be right. longer on set
1: right right right
0: it's like discussing moments like yeah we wanted to make every scene a moment yeah. it wasn't like You know, you watch a lot of things Mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, that was such a good moment. Mm -hmm. We want the whole movie to be a moment. Right. You know what I mean? We want the whole thing to just, you know, and to do that, you have to be there in that. You can't be thinking about anything out of the the, the whatever the circle of it. Yeah.
1: Well, what it seems to me, too, and having never worked on your crew or anything like that, but you seem to be very inclusive in like sharing, you know, awards and accolades with your crew. I've always noticed that whenever you win at industry award shows, you bring up like everybody in the crew, like everyone. So everyone gets to go
2: on stage and share in that moment of Mm -hmm. glory. And I think people really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, to me, it's, it's not, it's, um, it's just the right thing to do right? because, uh, the movie wouldn't be made without this sum of everybody coming together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wouldn't, you know, look the way it does without our, our, uh, you know, uh, director of photography or without our, uh, lighting, um, and sound engineer, it would like it, it everything, every piece is a really vital piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So, um, they deserve the recognition as much as, uh, as me in my mind.
1: Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. So hang tight. Step into the world of power, loyalty
3: no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: We all know Adam and Eve is the one-stop shop for everything sexy, and now with my code Holly, you can get any one item for 50% off, plus 10 free gifts, and you'll even get free shipping. So spice up your sex life at AdamandEve.com, but only if you use code Holly. okay so we're back um and i wanted to ask uh you two about your relationship a little bit more with this movie how had you worked together pretty frequently before this movie came along
3: wait i mean we worked together but nothing extensive like this
1: no no so do you guys feel like a kind of camaraderie and, and closeness now that you've done it like has your relationship changed in a way
0: yeah like I survivors so. of it <laughs> a- yeah well i mean like i don't think we've freely texted each other before now it's mm. like this going on where we'll be like hey you know this is it, you know yeah and it's kind of it's cool like she's a wonderful person yeah like beyond is. a performer and everything else she's just a wonderful person like, right i mean she got me through really 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 i was really having a hard time yeah some of that movie i can so. imagine a <laughs> 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 really hard time yeah it, it's uh but I like, I'm so grateful I've been gone through it because yeah. it's like, I, it's all growth. Right. You know what I mean, even through those kind of things, it's like, right. I'm having personal growth through this like non real thing. That's kind of real. Right. And it's like really cool. And yeah. you know, I, Angela, like really, really was there. So I appreciate that.
3: Yeah. And I feel the same way about Seth. Yeah. I mean, obviously we grew together yeah. for this project yeah. and we went through a lot and Seth, took so, you took so much time out of your days and weeks to come to my house and to rehearse with me. And, you know, it was, it's a very emotional movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we went through the gamut of emotions together. Yeah. And I had to say some pretty awful things to him as Jennifer. <laughs> and I just want to take this moment to apologize for everything I said to you that Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: There's like legit parts where like, you know, you're watching me have sex. Yes. And she's saying those horrible things yes. to me. I'm yes. actually having sex. Yes. yes that's great like i'm staying hard and having sex while she's saying these horrible things to me wow it's like that's that's now like, that is great acting <laughs> like i'm like wow it actually
3: gets worse <sighs> in the in the version you saw you don't get to see
0: all of the really right. horrible because i saw yeah. that jennifer
3: yeah but right. jennifer really digs in and
0: yeah it's pretty pretty cool yeah. it's like that <laughs> trust though to be able to be like you know and I, like i mean like, she's not here but like alina like like there's, you know, there's a scene where she gets smacked.
1: Yeah. I thought Alina did a great job. I've never and, really seen her in like a real acting role. And I thought she was an, Alina Lopez for those of you who don't know who we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Alina Lo- and she, and it was crazy too. Cause it's like, you know, me and Bree were both like, you know, we'll figure it out in like a, you know, theatrical way right. and all that. And she was like, no, I want it to be real. Wow. And I was just like, are you, are you sure? Luckily i had a lot of experience with BDSM and smacking, so I'm not going to hit her. You know
1: how to like hit somebody without without hurting, but still,
0: it's still like, you know, that's, that's a moment where you're just like, Whoa. And like the fact that she trusted me, you know, in that situation is just like, I mean, it's a testament to what she wanted to put in this project. Right. And that's just, you know, and it's, it was such an interesting dynamic to have sex with Angela and Alina from these separate kind of Vibes. I'm like right. having sex with Alina, and like I'm getting rougher with Alina, and she's saying all this crazy stuff to me. So I'm like, "What are you doing to me? Like, stop it!" Yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. I'm back there. It was just such a crazy version of like sex, right? That I've never experienced, but I actually, they are weirdly enjoyed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that the un the uncensored version of of that scene is really awesome. Yeah, you know, where it's yeah. like you're you're having this kind of high energy uh sex scene and then all of a sudden it cuts to this red tinted kind of like almost like a J-O-I P O V ding, like Angela just if anyone is a is a, a fan of Angela talking into a camera and you want to be a little cuckolded, you're going to want to see that scene because it is like, whoa. <laughs> it's so awesome.
0: I cuckolded my own mind in yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's what it looks like. It looks yeah. like I'm cuckolding myself by my wife while I'm not – it's so trippy. It's yeah. trippy. Yeah. You
1: know? um, uh, so, you know, you just mentioned those was a very emotional movie and I wanted to ask you about um, – about some of it. So I saw the R-rated version. So like we kind of chatted about before we started, I wasn't entirely sure which moments actually led to a full sex scene or which moments were just like, you know, there was some sexual um, interaction just to drive the narrative forward. And there were some moments that, you know, I found like were kind of disturbing, you know, and um, I was just wondering how you handled you know, sex scenes that could be quite triggering. I mean, mm-hmm. because the second, I mean, ultimately it's about a man who abuses his wife. I think we can assume at the end, is that okay for me to say what the end yes. is? Yeah.
2: Cause this is going to come out as the, yeah, but comes out. right. But like, I don't want to ru- like spoiler well, I mean, okay, alert. Okay. Maybe not the ending Any anyway. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm like, should
1: I maybe, okay. All maybe right. We'll we won't spoil it. it. Yeah. Cause I don't, cause the ending is a, it wraps everything up. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, so essentially, uh, you know, he's an abusive husband and then that kind of leads into the sex scene between the two of them. And I guess it actually ends up being a full sex scene. So how did you navigate like that that murky place? And I know that you're like the queen of pushing boundaries and you know um, doing sex scenes that really like are very edgy mm-hmm. to say the least. <laughs> so um, so how did you how did you manage that? And do you feel that like as a woman that was something that you could explore much more easily than a man?
2: Mm-hmm um <clears throat> well the the second half of the film, from Jennifer's perspective is a survive- to me, it's a survivor story, right. And um, it's actually a story about oh, following somebody as they summon the strength to to do something that's very difficult and and uh, very traumatic and uh, uh, essentially kind of, um, to save themselves. Mm-hmm. And we see Jennifer go from a point of, of real insecurity and vulnerability to uh, a real point of empowerment uh, as she's sort of uh, – uh, dr- and, and in a way she comes to that, yes, she is supported and, and she's guided, but she's pushing herself out. Mm-hmm. We're watching somebody – push themselves out of a very destructive situation. And so I didn't want to sugarcoat it, and I didn't want to also paint a portrait of uh, an abusive relationship that was uh, going to come off as feeling cliché. Abuse is, uh, is uh, as everybody knows, uh, comes in many, many different forms. And in the case of uh, Jennifer and Daniel, the abuse is primarily um, – mental and emotional abuse and control and, uh, threats of violence and moments of violence and that entire kind of mind fuck that keeps somebody like Jennifer, who, you know, was probably at once a, a very sort of strong, ambitious young woman, but ended up getting kind of dragged to this really low emotional point. So I wanted to show that for what it really is. Um, and, uh, And I think that uh, Seth and Angela did a very, um, very difficult but very important portrayal of an actual uh, abusive dynamic. Mm. I think on both sides, actually. And uh, we all knew that it was going to get to places. uh, And we knew that Jennifer's character is, you know, is... Consenting to the relationship she's in, as a sort of a survive to survive through it, mm-hmm. and the moment when she discovers, and in, in the uh, the moment in the closet uh, uh, where she sort of discovers that uh, Daniel has really, really, really crossed a line, and she's starting to put the pieces together. And that actual sex scene that happens is the moment uh, I see that as being kind of the Phoenix rising moment in in the film and in her journey where she realizes, like, I'm going to get him out of here and then I am going this ends right now. Mm -hmm. So what uh, we had originally written that scene uh, or I had originally written that scene to be kind of a brief moment um, mm. with uh, a little bit of sexual activity and... Yeah, because it looks like just one <clears> position, right? Well, a little bit of... I actually had originally just written it as a confrontation and then a bl- blow okay. <laughs> Well, let me... I'll explain that a lot. I was like, well, let's sneak a little blowjob into this movie. Um, a little kind of aggressive blowjob. And I wanted... The whole idea was like, while this... You know, what I wanted to create was like, while this was happening... That she was having these sort of visions in her head of um, what she had discovered and that at the end of that, she's like, "Okay, this is it. Like, I'm this is I'm done. Mm. That sort of. So, yeah, a moment of empowerment would come out of this encounter with her, you know, uh, with her husband and when we were um, gearing up to shoot this film, which was actually on the third day, the day that never ended. <laughs> um, and this shows the level of commitment. The day, of two the day of, as well. The, yeah, <laughs> so, so Seth and Angela came to me and they said, you know, we would really feel, we really feel that it would be important to show this as a, to do this as a, a full sex scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's an opportunity for them To because, you know, the first half of the film, they have uh, a sex scene within, you know, Daniel's perspective that allows them to sort of both be their characters. And and they didn't really have that in the second half of the film. Mm -hmm. So they suggested, let's bring that in. We really feel it would add a lot of value. And in fact, we want to make it kind of this power play moment where, you Mm -hmm. know, Jennifer decides I am going to do this with him. But this is like I am so done Mm -hmm. at the end of this. I'm out of here. It's like her moment of, like, uh, where the, uh, the sort of moment of truth. And when we were filming this, this sequence, it was really incredible. The room was blue outside, and the closet was, like, red. So we were all in this completely tinted world. Mm -hmm. And the sequence had, you know, Jennifer in a panic running in, making this discovery, and then in in his most sort of... uh, Sinister moment, Daniel coming in and them having this confrontation. And Seth and Angela were off to the side. And we were, you know, we had everything set. And they um, worked out a way to hype themselves up for the emotion of that moment, which I think involved having Seth spit mm-hmm. on Angela. So you have to imagine I'm sitting here with my monitors in this blue oh God, room, I forgot about that. in this blue room, in this blue and red world, you know, in this frazzled state, while all you hear is hyperventilating and spitting coming from the <laughs> bathroom, and then and then Angela running in in a panic and doing you know in you know in essentially one take and then seth coming in with my favorite line in the film which was the i hit a deer line which for me is actually the creepiest part of the whole film yeah um and then that of course sets off the wheels in motion in jennifer's head as to what her husband has actually been doing and her moment where she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna get him out of here and then i'm going to leave right so it's you know it's easy to write things off as shock cinema it's really easy to write it off as oh, it's it's uh, it's a it's an edgy scene. To me, it's the most powerful scene in the film, in terms at least of the sex scenes. Uh, like everything we do, we make sure that something could have complicated emotions behind it. We don't shoot anything where somebody is, uh, outright saying, I do not want to do this or non-consensual. Right. And Jennifer's character was sort of seeing, I need to get him out of here. This is how I'm going to get him out of here. And then I'm going to make my exit plan, which she then proceeds to do.
1: So for you, it's kind of more of like a empowering moment than a moment of her just like acquiescing
2: to. Oh, absolutely. It it, it is literally the Phoenix rising from the ashes. And Mm. at the end of that scene, which I, I don't, know if we so do
1: you think that that's portrayed better in the sex scene like in the in the full version as opposed to like
2: it's portrayed a little bit more uh, thoroughly because obviously you see the sex scene uh take place um but it's sort of supported by what happens in the sequence after when she's with the therapy group and she right. has that. You can see the change that has happened in right. her character uh, afterwards.
1: I thought it was really interesting, too, the juxtaposition from Daniel's perspective that she was going to a, like, uh, orgy party sex club. And when you find it's actually, like... A thing. Yeah,
2: Daniel's Daniel's lost his mind. Yeah,
1: but it's almost like that's more intimate than like an orgy party. Mm -hmm. Like that's more threatening to him than if she was actually just going out and having sex with a lot of people. That's why people are dying. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I have to say, I was watching it. I was watching, you know, the bad Daniel. And I was like, I don't like this. Son. That's such a nice guy. of like this. It's this a bad
3: set. I loved in that scene, though, that in that in that therapy group, you know, there are the subtle reaching out and touches from each yes. person in, yes. that, in that circle, you know, yes. which relates back to that orgy with all the hands on right. my body. So. right, 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 right.
0: Yeah. I like that it's a movie. Like, you got it. You, if you watch it like three times, there's still something you might miss that right. you can watch again. You right. know, it's kind of cool. It's like. And it
1: know. was interesting, too, how the end, and again, I won't say what the ending was, but the ending didn't end up being what I thought it was going to be. Because actually, Angela walked it. So I was watching the last five minutes, like I said, before uh, you got here, and Angela got here first. And Angela walks in. I'm like, I'm watching the last five minutes. She's like, okay, I'm not even here. And then I see the moment where they go into the house. And I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. And I was wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was wrong. So I feel like that ending, I don't know. Did it? Did that ending in a way almost, I don't know. I don't want to get too into this because I don't want to spoil it. But did that, did that ending in a way almost mirror the first part where we see good Daniel where like maybe he's not everything that we think he is in bad Daniel. Mm-hmm. Do you know well, what I'm
2: saying? I, I think the ending, ending reveals that it doesn't again, within both sides of a story. Um, you know, there's still like, this is still a couple that are deeply um, entangled in each other. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, what is, you think the story is going to end a certain way at the first half. You realize by the end of the film what actually he probably did. Well, what actually he did, and how in a way that's sort of a worse form of revenge mm-hmm. than even what you thought in the first, because now he will n- never leave. She will never be rid of him mm-hmm. because.
0: I just, yeah, I thought that was a, the, the really best moment. Yeah, his final
1: final power
0: play. It's true. He
1: won't let her leave. That's true. No. Yeah. That's true. I guess we can't say more about no, that. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh So you guys uh, will have to so actually
2: go see the movie. <laughs> and where will this be available? So uh, this is uh, the uh, X-rated film, which is uh, released in four episodes. But it's going to be binge-released on uh, adult time on September the 26th. And uh, we also have an R-rated cut. Uh, That is currently being, um, uh, as I mentioned, we're seeking uh, mainstream distribution outlets and and festival uh, inclusion for it. Uh, And uh, we are doing a film premiere for it as well in September at a theater in Hollywood. Oh, cool. And – But uh, starting September 26, uh, we're also going to be uh, giving away free weeks, uh, free week uh, subscriptions to adult time so that we can invite uh, as many people as possible to come in and watch this incredible, very moving film.
1: Fantastic. And you said that I could give away maybe some of those to some of my listeners. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to figure out how I'm going to make that happen. We're going to have to figure out some raffle situation. So just stay posted, guys. I will let you know. Um, Just really quickly before we wrap up, because I know that you weren't working on this project the last time I had you on. Can you explain to everybody what adult time is?
2: Yes, absolutely. So adult time is a streaming service for adult audiences. So we, unlike a traditional adult pay site, um, our vision is to create a platform that will include a really wide variety of progressive, interesting, artistic, high quality and diverse uh, sex and sex related uh, content. So, you know, it sort of stems from the vision that we believe we want to celebrate The fact that, uh, you know, uh, people should be entitled to watch sex in their cinema and in their television. But that starts with those of us who are creating uh, the content itself to uh, create uh, really interesting shows and films. And that's the goal of adult time. So we have um, a catalog of over uh, 60,000 different pieces of content in there. All of my content is in there. Uh, we also feature, it doesn't just have to be explicit content, anything that's sex or sex rel- sex related. Uh, and, um, yeah, the goal is really to kind of create a new generation of, uh, uh of an adult, uh, online experience or platform for people who enjoy, um, you know, watching something for uh, more than just the 30 seconds in the bathroom on the way to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And speaking of, um, just adult related shows, Holly Randall unfiltered will have its own channel on there as well. Yes. So we're super excited about that. And I love too how you're really um, bringing in all the genres. Like you have, um, like a plus size girls, uh, channel, and then you have transfixed, I think, mm-hmm. which is your transgender, um, series and all these others. So really like people with whatever your tastes are in terms of adult yeah. content, will be able to find it on adult time. Well,
2: and it was a big thing for me this year to, um, also create high quality uh, or I guess you could call it like premium um, series uh, for marginalized model communities within adults So mm-hmm. those who do not, Uh, traditionally have uh, as much uh, reach or visibility or aren't um, picked for mainstream projects. So Shape of Beauty features uh, plus size performers um, and uh, 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 Transfix is pairing uh, uh, trans women and cis women together, which is uh, very difficult to shoot uh, beyond a couple of progressive companies like us that are doing it and challenging a lot of the stigmas that exist uh, in our industry.
1: Because that was a huge no, no less than 10 years ago yeah I mean nobody would shoot trans content that was mainstream like it was unheard of yeah and now I I mean I see this huge influx of people doing those kinds of scene and it's it's amazing to see it's really great
2: it's the you uh, you know you, uh, you just need to create something you know really beautiful and really inclusive and uh and um you know treat it with the same respect you would any other model group or any other uh project and i'm really proud of the results and the success that transfixed has had in its first year
1: yeah it's fantastic is there anything else you guys Angela, seth you guys want to add before we close out i just want to
3: thank you brie for inviting me to be part of such a special project and thank you seth for everything that you did did for me and with me Mm. and for this movie because it was really wonderful
2: I'm gonna organize like an annual reunion dinner. Or something. <laughs> oh, I think that's essential.
3: Brie, I, I think you promised us a really nice romantic scene. Remember, where yes, Seth and right. I get to yeah, make they, love I... in a yeah. comfortable bed without having any sort of yeah, weird weird, like wrapped
0: by 4
2: p.m. That offer, the offer stands. The offer stands. Any of any of the studios, any of the series, you know, whatever you guys want, you get. You just let me know, and I will come and film it. But <laughs> uh, Thank you guys as well. This is. Uh, this this like I said, this film is uh, it's it's the work of so many people, but you can see the power of Angela White and Seth Gamble in this. And like, it's incredible.
0: So yeah, I in I, last week. I just I'm just so grateful for all this. This is just it, it's a surreal, it a surreal thing. Thank you, Brie and Angela. I loved it. So
1: Fantastic. Um, well, you guys can um, watch it on AdultTime.com, and then just coming around the table real quick, just shout out your social media handles so that people can follow you if they aren't already.
2: Sure, uh, I'm both uh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at The Bremills.
0: I am on Twitter at Seth Gamble X and at Instagram at Seth Gamble PS.
3: I am on Twitter at Angela White and Instagram at The Angela White.
1: And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Holly Randall. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, all three of you. I know you guys are super, super busy. So thank you for so much for coming on. And um, thank you for for making a film that, that really matters and really, I think, changes people's perspectives about this industry. I think it's visionaries like you that really push everything forward and they are changing, you know, the way that people see us. And uh, so super grateful to you for that. Thank you. Thank Thank you. 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 All right. See you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously I would love it if you would join my Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Unfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, Don't forget that I have a new podcast called My L.A. Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast, as well as just join our community. Don't forget too, that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall unfiltered. You can also email us. Holly Randall unfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests, or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424 216 6967. So please. Send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail and we will maybe get back to you on the show, Um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, My LA Porn Job. We'll definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages and overall, we just want to hear back from you guys, want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to all of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And, um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And, um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the podcast, I am so excited to welcome back Kissa Sins. Kissa... Next week on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome back Kiss of Sins. Last time we had her on, she talked about how she was in the middle of like shooting an insane amount of porn and just like how that was kind of all consuming her life and how much she was loving it. Well, now she's actually in a completely different part of her life. She is not shooting porn at the moment. I'm not saying she's retired, but she decided to take some time off and actually travel around the world and go diving. Um, Free diving is one of her passions. And she's here to tell us about what her perspective, how she's here to tell us about how her perspective has changed from having this little break and some of the amazing experiences that she's had um, on this incredible Worldwide travel log that she's on. So I'm so excited to have Kissa back. Make sure that you come back next week for her on Holly Randall Unfiltered.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?